When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast, a weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And for this week's episode, I'm joined by my regular co-hosts, Mike D'Angelo and Brian Farver. Are you boys ready to get spooky? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't make that sound. <laughs> uh, yeah, fired that, up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's October, guys. And, and you know what that means. Halloween's coming and it's time to discuss horror movies. So Yay. for this episode, yeah. <laughs> For this episode, we're going to talk about a fairly loaded topic, horror sequels. Yes, we know horror franchises are notorious for having some of the worst sequels ever, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're going to discuss some of our favorite horror franchise sequels, because sometimes the cash grab can be pretty great, right? And sometimes you're just sick of talking about the fourth Crow movie, Wicked Prayer, and you know how bad it is. <laughs> yeah, pull back the curtain a little bit. I did mention the topic of horror sequels, and Mike immediately was like, can we talk about the Crow 4 Wicked it's Prayer? the first thing that comes to mind when I think of bad sequels. It's not even it's, a horror movie, though, isn't it? it? Either way, if you yeah. say bad sequel, that's the first thing that pops into my head because it's so bad. Poor Eddie Furlong. Oh, man. Uh, again, Crow Wicked Prayer is not the first sequel. What is the first sequel to the City Crow? of Angels? City of Angels. City of Angels. That's right. With that yeah. dude. Yeah, the dude who was not. Uh, <laughs> Vincent not Brandon Perez, Lee. I believe his yes, name was. Vincent Perez. Yes. Yeah. And then the third one was. Uh, it had the like Bones dude in it, didn't it? Bones oh. dude. And Kristen Dunst. Oh, oh you're right. You oh, are right. Yeah. Okay, enough of the crow, enough of the crow. <laughs> Come on, guys, stay on topic. So yeah, in addition to talking about good horror sequels, we're also going to be talking about a franchise sequel that recently had its world premiere at Fantastic Fest, and will be hitting streaming later this week, which is VHS 94. That's right, the found footage horror anthology series is back with another assortment of scary stories, but this time, dot, 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 they're in the 90s. <laughs> so we're going to talk about whether or not the vhs franchise is running out of steam or if it's still going strong with its fourth entry but before we talk about horror and sequels and franchises i got to tell you the playlist podcast is part of the playlist podcast network which includes be real the fourth wall deep focus and more and if you want to find us you can check your podcast app of choice whether that's apple Podcasts, soundcloud spotify anchor stitcher or anywhere else you find your favorite spooky shows um, but before we get to our favorite horror sequels let's talk about the film we just all watched what i guess last night probably or today this is a movie that is about to get released on shutter on october 6th like i said recently premiered at fantastic fest down in austin um which is a great festival if you ever make it down there i, I really want to go we're talking about vhs 94 so for those unaware the vhs franchise is made up of three previous anthology films where some of the most interesting genre filmmakers are given about 20 minutes to make a found footage horror film and then they tie them all together very loosely with some sort of found footage framing device so vhs 94 same thing except this time it's all what set in 1994 as the title implies 
But before I get your thoughts on this movie, I'm curious what your thoughts are on found footage as a genre. And if you found, and if you've watched any of the VHS films before this one. So Mike. I've definitely enjoyed some found footage. Obviously I was kind of like in the sweet spot when Blair Witch came out. Oh yeah. To so the was point I. where yes. I believed that it was real. So did I. Yeah. Um, and talk I was about like, the infancy of the internet. Like oh, man, when VHS anything was guys. possible and everything was true and oh man, <laughs> that was great. great. Times. That yeah, was, was great. Yeah. yeah. But it, that was like the first, you know, uh, as with a lot of people, that, that was my first introduction into the found footage genre. I'm not sure what was there before it. Maybe there were some small time stuff before that, but this was really cannibal Holocaust. That's it. Yep. I was trying to think of it. Totally. Uh, that's cannibal the most. Holocaust. Infa- well, that's the most infamous one. Oh, really? That one. Yeah, they killed us a turtle. On- <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed that one. Uh, and then obviously, like, you know, other things have come since then. The the paranormal activities, the um, the wreck movies. Uh, you can name off a bunch of series that have now had 17 different sequels themselves. To and and some of them are good, some of them are are okay, but there keeps like it's it's a genre that every I'm not sure every ten years or so just kind of has a rebirth because something finds a, a new spin on it. So uh, I I definitely have seen the the VHS movies before, or at least the first VHS movie. I can't say I kept up with the other. I think this is the fifth installment now. Fourth, so I fourth. yeah. Well, there was VHS, VHS two, VHS um, viral, and VHS then this viral, one. and then this one. Okay, yeah, maybe yeah. four. I know how to count. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the, uh, the first one and this one are are pretty much the ones okay. that I have seen. Not that they all link up or anything, because they don't. I'm just curious. No. So, Brian, your thoughts on found footage and and the VHS film franchise? Yeah, definitely Blair Witch um, was was the intro, and I would say too there was another movie that came out around the time of Blair Witch. It might have even been. Before? Which two book of shadows yes yes <laughs> oh man that we should discuss that at some point can we discuss that at some point <laughs> this would be the podcast episode. but nobody nobody uh chose nobody it so we're gonna, up, yeah. gonna have to sadly leave that one behind you yeah. should have watched it again just to see if it was any good it's not yeah spoiler alert <laughs> did you guys see the newest blair witch the one that was just called blair witch yeah did you like Adam it Adam I think I started it and I don't know why I didn't finish I did, it. But... I saw it in theaters and it scared the shit out of my wife. Uh, so that was mm. a fun time. So that kind of painted my my recollection of the movie. So I enjoyed okay. it, but I know that it's probably not very good. Have you seen uh, any of the VHS movies, Brian? Yes. Uh, I, I think I remember really enjoying, I like legitimately enjoying most of the first one. Because um, that that's, what was it? The the succubus or that? Yeah. that I thought that segment was really cool. And um there was one other segment and I just, I can't remember. Um, no, it wasn't so in that memorable. one. The alien abduction one, which was not in the first one, I believe. I, that, the second was, one, I think. That might be the second one, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. I just think with these movies, they, they really are like, how can we make this work? Like, okay, well, well, this guy will be using, like for the succubus one, uh, camera hidden inside some glasses. Okay, this yeah. one, it's going to be a camera strapped to a dog. Like they're really stretching, but somehow it works. I don't know with this, with so, this one. So, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's transition. <laughs> let's transition because here, just to set this up for you, Brian, because I'll get you to share your thoughts first. Yeah. This one, because it's set in 1994, all four of the major stories are, are 
shot on camcorders and they really do go out of their way to show you why and how. So they, as far as that goes, I think they do a pretty decent job, but Brian, what are your thoughts on VHS 94? As a whole, um, as a film, (laughs) as a film, uh, as a film, it, it, it barely works. Um, it, it barely works. It's, it, there's, I'm not going to say it's unwatchable. (laughs) You kind of just did. This is, this is a tough one because I I don't think if we we aren't paid by the people who made VHS 94, so you can be honest, Brian. Yes. Just say Um, it, just say it. If we weren't going to be watching, like talking about it today, I don't know that I would have gone out of my way to watch it. Okay. Um, Fair enough. The movie is just an exposition bomb. I mean, they, because yeah, they do, like you said, explain why, they're filming why why these little vignettes are are being filmed and and everything but but man and and i want to say this about all the vhs films or the things that i've seen the framework that ties them all together sucks it just it really really sucks it's not interesting at all like just get me to the next the next vignette they really could have just had like a guy's hand putting in another tape and i would have gotten the same effect that would have been fine yeah, I, I, I mean, some of those segments work better than others. And I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about one in particular. I think we can all agree there was one that yeah. stood out yeah. a little more, maybe. We'll, we'll definitely get to that because it's it's a, 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 a filmmaker that's near and dear to, I think, the three yes. of our hearts. Um, Mike, what are your overall thoughts? I mean, the VHS <laughs> movies, they just kind of seem like a, a, an excuse to get some kind of maybe young or unheard of lesser, lesser known talents. Uh, and give them kind of like a spotlight to do like a quick short film. And that's, that's true. I mean, that's really what they are. They're an excuse to kind of shine a light or or give these guys a chance to to make something out of it. And sometimes it's really, really bad. Uh, there are some that are just downright awful. Are you just talking <laughs> this, about this movie or just in, in general? In this movie, in yeah. the first movie. That said, there are <laughs> some that actually work in this movie, and or, I wouldn't even say work. They stick with you. <laughs> and they're, yeah. they're interesting ideas, but I think they could be executed better or just given their own kind of, it'd be better to see them as their own feature film with like actual fleshed out ideas and a budget. Okay. But so these are very clearly low budge, like we have zero dollars here. Quick answer, worst one of the four. Mm. Uh, numero uno yeah the rat one. okay so that's interesting because i watched this with a couple friends and my wife and they unanimously agreed that the rat man one was the best really best. yeah um they thought that was the actual one that had the most scares and i'll give them that um for for people listening not to give too much away it the, the basic premise of this one is a news crew's investigating reports of a rat man living in a sewer. And they actually do go in the sewer. And that's where kind of the, the, the unknown is and the darkness and the graininess of the VHS kind of works there. But uh, it does kind of go off the rails without getting into spoilers. Um, and by the end of it, it is kind of silly. But yeah, they, they enjoyed it. God, that that rat ex- effect. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. No, you go. <laughs> I was just going to say, when we saw what the, 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 the rat, monster, the monster looked like, I just couldn't like, did they get that from Bartz's? Like, what is that? <laughs> this costume here? <laughs> well, so, I mean, again, we're not talking $200 million movies. Now, I'm not going to make no. excuses for all of I don't of even these, know that we're I, talking to. <laughs> I mean, 
So as I want to hear what Mike has to say, Mike is on, Mike is on a roll here. (laughs) Well, no, but just for some background also, just to give this context, these were all filmed during COVID as well. So Ah. small crews, probably low budget explaining the whole 94 aspect of it. And yeah, I mean, they are what they are. I didn't enjoy Ratman very much either. Actually, I'm going to say a close second would be that militia one. I, I, in fact, I almost tuned out completely during that one. I'm like, where's, where is this? Do you want to give the premise without spoiling it? The militia one? Yeah. Ah. Or can you not give the premise without spoiling it? It's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah. That's a little little tricky. I kind of, because I'd like people to see this. I really would. Yeah. I I definitely don't want to spoil it, but that one I think is one of the the better of them, actually. Yeah. That that was probably my favorite, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So just uh, to give an overview, there's four separate um, stories that are told in this movie, all linked together by kind of a fifth little vignette that's like, you know, uh, interspersed as a framing device that's completely forgettable. You don't even, you could fast forward through those almost. The first one is about a rat man, which mixed reviews, I guess. I, I didn't really like it, but I think people might genuinely like it. The second one is uh, directed by somebody we enjoy, Simon Barrett, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. it takes place in a funeral home. I think that one might be the roughest in my estimation. Yeah, that one was that definitely one was hard to get through. Oh, yeah, boy. not very scary. And when you do see kind of what the premise is, what the twist is, it's kind of like, really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not executed very well. The, we're going to skip the third one. The fourth one is the militia one, which is about clearly a commentary on on 2021 using mid-90s politics, following kind of these backwoods militia guys who plan a uh, uh, Oklahoma City bombing-esque plan that uh, we'll just say goes awry. Um, (laughs) And and I kind of enjoy that one. Uh, You know... Yeah. I'll, I'll say with that one, I, I did like the way it was put together. Like all of these, all these little like, you know, segments are, you know, clearly just, you know, assembled in a rough way on purpose, obviously. But that one definitely looked more like an actual like, you know, snuff underground film that you would just find somewhere. I don't know. That one had the most realistic look to me. Sorry, uh, Brian. I'm, are you finding a lot of snuff films around? Um <laughs> You, we all know Brian uh, is the resident <laughs> snuff film expert. No comment at this time. <laughs> you should see his collection, guys. It's it's yeah, pretty really nice. It. Disturbing. It's, it's, it's covered windy. in shit. <laughs> his own. He he smears them all. It's his <laughs> trademark. Yes. It's the wet bandits, only it's the, the <laughs> shit bandits. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, I think what we were saying there is it does have kind of that documentary look to it and feel. Yeah, to it. yeah, I agree. And then it goes off the rails in a yeah. pretty epic way. And I'll just say I I, I feel like a complete idiot because I didn't see the twist coming on that one. I didn't either. I and didn't know what was going on until it, one it of happened. one of the people I viewed it with turned to me and goes, "Really?" And I was like, "Oh God!" I was I was like I gasped. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's what it is." And they're like really you didn't guess and i was like shit i'm an idiot so yeah i i think uh i think people will guess the twist on that one maybe i don't know mike you said you didn't either i didn't i mean i had a feeling with the rabbit of it all or whatever it was right yeah but uh before that i had no idea yeah 
Okay. Uh, so let's just, uh, let's not bury the lead anymore. Let's talk about the best one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so number one three, that sticks with you most. AKA oh, yeah. the subject directed by one of my favorite filmmakers, Timo Tejanto, uh, who's an Indonesian, Indonesian action filmmaker who does horror too a little bit. And this one it's bonkers, right? Like mm-hmm. it does not fit in this movie at all. No. Nope. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily scary. It feels like uh, when I was watching it, I was like, I could watch an hour and a half of this. It's a bummer. There isn't an hour and a half of this. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I, I did. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, did you, were you at some points waiting for the doctor to ask the subjects what their prime directives were? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just the very basic premise so people get that joke is that the subject takes place in a kind of underground lab where this what is he like I think they say he's like an expert in prosthetics yeah and he decides he wants to make a cyborg for all intents and purposes and um, it does feel a little bit RoboCop-esque the first what five minutes of it Mm-hmm. where it's that scene where they're uploading the prime directives and testing out the arms and all that. And uh, I, I was getting RoboCop vibes. Dude, even sure. RoboCop 2, when like we see the the failed cyborg attempts, like yeah, right yeah. away we see that like spider guy yeah. who, who dies immediately. Like already I'm like, okay, I think, I think we might be onto something here. <laughs> but then it goes like completely Asian influenced. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like got a little bit of the raid in there. It's got like some anime or manga influences. It is batshit crazy. And the amount of stuff he covers in 20 minutes, it's like you got to give the guy a hand. Like, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it was impressive. Mike, sure. you're being very quiet. What are your thoughts? <laughs> no, I was just kind of uh, speechless throughout <laughs> most of it just because it's speechless. so fucking weird. It's just. A lot of Japanese and and Korean and Indonesian horror films just have this element of weird that just rubs me the wrong way. And this one didn't necessarily rub me the wrong way, but it it was all always riding that line where it was just like this f- fucking weird, man. And <laughs> I you know, I I liked it, but I at the same time I don't want to see a full version of this. 20 minutes is all I could handle. So yeah, it was fine. It was probably one of the better ones, but Jesus, no, not a third, well, an hour and a half version of it. Oh, uh, see, I think you're crazy. I think mm-hmm. I, well, maybe if it was all first person found footage, that might be a bit much for an hour and a half. Yeah. But the, the 20 minutes of this, I found thoroughly entertaining. He was able to create characters. Like that was mm-hmm. one thing that's very difficult in any of these VHS or just short films in general, I think are uh, the, the balance of characters and premise. And yes. I feel like a lot of these kind of failed one or the other. They either had really good characters and just watched the premise or they like, I would say the, the last one, the, about the militia guys is all about the premise, very little yeah. about the characters, but this one, like, I mean, I felt like I knew the individual like police officers. Yeah, I felt, I, I felt like the, the, uh, the main subject is, uh, I don't know that she even says a word. Maybe she does. She does. 
a couple words in weird robot speak yeah but even that it's like (laughs) you feel like you know this character i don't know i i I really enjoyed it somehow they pulled that off that's very true like you somehow got engaged with with all these people i that's one of the very big things i i get hung up on with horror movies is that sometimes they don't care about the characters or the premise and that is something that i'll probably come back to over and over again here as we talk about other horror movies as well. But (laughs) my favorites here are the terror and the subject. And both of those had a handle on character and premise and the other ones, in my opinion, did not. Yeah. I, uh, the, the funeral home one is really disappointing in that it only had really like one or two characters and they still couldn't make that work. Boring Um, as shit. Yeah, (laughs) it was, it was a bit of a snooze. Um, But yeah, so let's just wrap this up here. I I, want to say one thing before we move on, though. I think the use of VHS, like the actual medium of VHS tape was actually pretty good. Um, I felt like I was watching a movie from 1994, for better or worse, like the grain, the tracking errors, all of that. Um, I felt like I watched it on my big screen TV. And I was like, I almost rather would watch this on a little CRT 27 inch, (laughs) you know, with with uh stereo speakers like yeah. that's that's what this feels like and and at least in that uh nostalgic way i i enjoyed it yeah i don't think the timo one felt very vhs no, to me no but everything else did yeah yeah and i didn't there, mind there were moments the where it was like this is 1080 like digital yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it almost worked too with yeah. what he was trying to do but yeah exactly. some of the other ones though like the Ratman one which we we barely talked about when they get in the tunnel it's hard to know like what's going on and then you're like oh yeah i'm watching this on a camcorder like (laughs) there's the darkness is terrible and grainy and pixely and yeah but kind of works also did any of them have to be in 1994 it didn't seem like any of them really needed it i guess not no the militia one did specifically mention some politics of the era um Oh, yeah, they said Clinton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, no, but the whole like politics of that era, yeah, which is very similar to the politics of current day in some ways, which they play off of. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, I I, I think the Timo one would have done better if it was like 2034. Yeah, me too. Okay. So just as we'll move on now, but uh, just as a reminder to people listening, if you want to see VHS 94, it's hitting shutter on October 6th and you can watch it then. But even if you don't want to watch VHS 94, you should still get Shutter because it's awesome and perfect for October. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So now with all that VHS talk out of the way, let's talk about our favorite horror sequels. Um, this week, I asked you guys to come up with horror sequels that you really enjoy, which is surprisingly difficult given how, like I said before, horror franchises tend to really turn in some shit sequels. Um, but we persevered and we came up with three pretty <laughs> decent ones, I think. Um I'm going to I'm going to skip the line and I'm going to start with myself and and talk about the movie I chose because I think mine's one of the more obvious choices for horror aficionados and therefore maybe not as shocking as your choices. So, um I chose George A Romero's 1978 classic Dawn of the Dead. Um no, not the Zack Snyder remake, though I will briefly say that Zack Snyder's Dawn remake is his strongest work, but I digress. <laughs> would you guys agree with that just quickly uh i'll just say i like it better than this one. Oh god okay oh. here we go all right so <laughs> before i throw it to you guys and ask your opinions on this movie i i'll tell you why just briefly i chose dawn of the dead one 
I absolutely adore Romero's three dead films. I say three because I don't really count anything past Day of the Dead. Um, sorry, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead. I think we're the only two other ones. Rave They're not very the good. Dead, you know, whatever. They're just not very good. Um, but yeah, the three, the trilogy, uh, Night, Dawn, and Day, I think are great. But I think I think Dawn of the Dead is the strongest of the three and actually is the rare sequel that improves on the original. Um, and I think it does improve on Night of the Living Dead, which is a classic a classic itself. And also, I think that Dawn of the Dead is one of the most influential horror movies of all time. Um, so you can fight me on that. I agree with all of that. Okay. So here's the thing though. I I know, I don't know about Brian's opinion on Dawn of the Dead, but I know Mike has some strong opinions. So what do you think of George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead? I I had seen these movies in pieces, you know, growing up a, a bunch of times. So I felt like I had seen them through, but I don't feel like I had a handle on what they were front to back until a few months ago when we were looking at uh, doing a Romero podcast. So I just did a deep dive before we even made it official, which we didn't end up doing, but I still had this like Romero fest over a week where I watched a ton of George A. Romero movies. And uh, this was my favorite of all of them. I will say that um, it is a low bar bet. though. Yeah. I don't, I just didn't gel with George A. Romero movies. He's just got this, slow uh way of of leading an audience through a story and he's he's like i'm trying to figure out how to put my finger on it there's a circusy way about him that he likes like a circus vibe that he likes to put into movies both in the score and in just kind of the way he he likes to present things that I just don't jive with it. It's, I think he is very, uh, I, I'm glad that he made the movies he made and influenced people to take those ideas and really run with them. And I like a lot of the things that have been inspired by them. Uh, but I don't love a lot of George A. Romero movies. They're just too slow. They don't have enough character depth for me. They don't have enough plot for me. And, and, you know, I just get bored, to okay. be completely honest. All right. Well, I'll, I'll tackle all your complaints and make sure you know you're <laughs> wrong in a bit. But, uh, Brian, what do you think of Donna the Dead? There is definitely a, uh, a significant attachment to this movie. It's my brother's favorite movie of all time. So I've, for years, he's been just talking up this film. He has so many props from this movie. Um, he's been to the Monroeville Mall. I think, if, actually, I think he's been there a couple of times. Um, I had so, family in the area and I went there too. It was, is, <laughs> is it cool? Like, does well, it I mean, so it's, resemble it's, the, I was a little kid at the time. Not little. Ah. I was a kid. I knew of the, the dead movies. So not that young, I guess, but yeah. Got it. It was cool. Um, to be there. So, and he's, he loves Goblin. So I, I think I'd heard a good amount of the soundtrack by Goblin uh, going into Dawn of the Dead. And I actually just saw it for the first time, not too long ago. And, you can look at it from two different perspectives of, you know, seeing it from the perspective of somebody who saw it back in 1978. That's when it came out, correct? Yeah. 78. Uh, or somebody who's seeing it for the first time now, and I could appreciate it both ways. Um, I'm not, you know, well, no, I won't say that. I, I definitely dance around when it comes to my overall interest in the 
zombie genre, but this one, I, I there was there were a lot of things about it that that really worked. Some things don't work. Um, some things feel extremely dated. But um, like Mike said, yeah, there is definitely a slowness to it. But there's also a very immersive element to it as well. Um, and I don't know. I, I just it's it's a movie that every time you feel like uh, I don't know if I'm really digging this, something will happen. It'll suck you right back in. Um, and is it is it the strongest one of those movies you've mentioned? Yes, by far. Um, I I I I don't know why I have such a a fetish for this. I love any movie that has a smash cut at the end. So <laughs> this one has a smash cut to that clock that I think and and that that eerie music i think it's from is it coming from the clock i don't remember but it's like a very cool abrupt ending that's like whoa that's 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 pretty cool a good way to end the film um and it, it stomps on on day of the dead there's no question and it's it's such an improvement over night of the living dead i mean i know I've, i said this a little while ago that's the best one but it is by far and away the best oh so, see i i wouldn't go that far Really? I see. Yeah. I, I feel like it. There's the, the other two films, you know, or I'm just looking at them as a trilogy Day of the Dead, then you got Night of the Living Dead, just a little higher, and then yeah. Dawn of the Dead, just looking down at them from some high cliff saying, screw you guys. Well, I, I, Day I, had some elements to yeah, it that were really. Day of the Dead is incredibly underrated. I think of all three of them, the gore in Day of the Dead is really, really good. A lot of well, that, obviously. I will agree with that. I will agree with that. Yeah, and and I like the story. I think, okay, so here's what I'll say in my defense of Dawn of the Dead. I think all three of the Dead movies serve a purpose, um, which you can't say about most horror franchises. Uh, Night of the Living Dead kind of introduces this idea on such a small scale of the dead coming back, you know? And kind of revolutionized the idea of what a zombie movie could be. Dawn of the Dead takes that and says, okay, that's cute. But what if we did like this entire world building based on this? You know, the zombies are here. You know, the whole, what, the first 20 minutes of the movie is exposition using like news of footage and talking heads and almost like this documentary feel of like you know you got it totally feels like a documentary you're you right i shoot love him that. in the head and all that and it's, <laughs> it's really effective i think and then they get to the mall which is what most people think of when they think of dawn of the dead yeah and it's kind of then there's this little bit of like wish fulfillment like this whole idea of like ooh, wouldn't it be cool to live in a mall and then you play with that for a little bit and then right when you get in that kind of you know, oh, malls are so cool. Then he flips it on his head and says, no, malls suck and you're all zombies, you know, and, and <laughs> mayhem breaks out. And I think it's genius. And then Day of the Dead is just, you know, George Romero said, well, what if the zombies won? And I think that's such a cool idea. Like, what do we do when the zombies just never go away and we, we try to train them? Like, what do we do? And yeah, so I love the the dead movies. Long story short, I think Dawn of the Dead's the best, but I don't think it's by that much. Um, huh. I I will say that this is a movie that I I joked that a lot of horror sequels are cash grabs. This one clearly is not a cash grab. Obviously, Romero has to had to make money, so he probably made some money off this. But nothing about this movie feels like some studio demanding a Night of the Living Dead sequel. It feels like it's very singular idea from a very unique filmmaker and i respect that um i love the practical effects i know they get kind of shit on a little bit 
because uh, he uses like almost like neon blood. Um, <laughs> Blue makeup. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's wacky. It's not the most like this isn't The Walking Dead in 2021 no. where they have like incredible CGI and prosthetic True. work. This is, you know, very low budget in that sense. But I think it's a- effective like for what it is. I, I think it works really well. I you got to respect even if it doesn't work in 2021 as effectively as it did 50 ish years ago. You have to love a. Uh, premise that is originated so singularly in this movie that then gets ripped off for decades later like walking dead wouldn't exist without romero's work specifically dawn yeah all i mean zach snyder would he even be zach snyder at this point if george romero didn't exist and dawn the dead wasn't a movie like i there and those are just two obvious examples but just in horror in general the whole idea of being trapped in a building with this oncoming force of of you know, faceless, nameless death is, is kind of like a Romero thing. And I, obviously this is one of the most influential zombie movies of all time, but I think it's one of the most influential horror movies of all time. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll defend it to my dying day. Agreed. <laughs> Side note, my brother's band in high school, uh, Savini effect. There you go. Tom Savini. So. Yeah. And, and sidebar. I, yeah, if you're if you're a fan of filmmaking, I think you gotta respect what Romero does in the Dead trilogy, but especially Dawn of the Dead, just because the effects are still great. Like they're not super realistic, but they're so effective. Yeah. Yes. So I respect the hell out of Dawn and Day. I oh yeah, I just can't get on board with Night. I I did not think Night was a good movie at all, but <laughs> that that was just me. Was just- okay whole other discussion for a whole other time. yeah yeah I, I really i'm bummed that we uh we didn't do the romero podcast unfortunately i had a baby mm-hmm. and everything got kind of pushed away to the stupid babies i know but uh romero if if i haven't made it abundantly clear is one of my favorite filmmakers um so i yeah maybe we'll have to to dust that off and bring back bring it back from the dead so to speak I would love to hear you defend the amusement park at some point. (laughs) Available on Shudder for all the people that want to watch it. Yeah, so that's it. Dawn of the Dead, I think, is it's kind of an obvious choice. Um, So let's get that out of the way. I want to now go to Mike. Um, Mm. The reason I'm going to you now is because I think you have a sequel that falls a bit under the radar for many horror fans. And uh, I mean, I feel like it's pretty well known. Well, to you, because you're kind of a nerd about this movie. But I I think Brian can agree with me that this is a movie that I think is a bit under the radar. Completely. Um, Yeah. So so, Mike, tell us what you chose and why. Well, if I was being completely serious, my favorite horror franchise of all time is Halloween. So I probably would have picked one of the Halloweens. But I feel like I've talked about Halloween a bunch on this podcast already and my love for it. So I didn't want to do that on purpose. So I went to the franchise that I kind of grew up with and adore uh, because of part of the nostalgia it brings me and part of um, just the the quality of the filmmaking and and, um, the the impact that it had on the genre at the time. And that's the Scream movie. So Scream 2 uh, was my pick for uh, the, the best sequel. Great pick. It it really is like I I picked it before I rewatched it, and after rewatching it, I was so fucking on board with my pick. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I hadn't seen this movie since like I said like '99 or something. But uh, Brian, I think you're with me on that, right? Like it's been a minute. Yeah, 
Um, and I immediately flash back to when the first trailer came out. Cause I remember memorizing what the new rules were going to be that Jamie Kennedy <laughs> were saying, and then saying yes. them to all my friends. I was in theater <laughs> at the time and I, I'm, I repeated them. Uh, God, how did I, how what did I have any friends in high school? Jesus Christ. What the <laughs> I thought it was so cool yeah. seeing these lines that were for a movie that wasn't out yet. But then I saw the movie. I'm like, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, Mike, uh, what about Scream 2 really uh, screams at you? as screams Oh, movie. nice. Good yeah. use. Wow. Look Good at use. you. <laughs> well, it was at a time in the 90s where there were a lot of horror franchises, all of which, almost all of which had had just awful sequels. And this was kind of a commentary on what horror sequels were while also being a pretty good horror sequel in and of itself. And also like expanding the main characters and making you actually care about them more from the first movie. So it, it like, it works on so many different levels. Um, and, and it just feels, I mean, for me, it just feels like a warm blanket going back to Scream 1 and 2 and even 3. I really, and, and, you know, it's it's a lesser of the trilogy, the original trilogy, but I, I really enjoy the whole, you know, Scream trilogy, uh, as it were. Dude, that, that second one fits the era that you mentioned and oh, has aged so well. Somehow it, it pulls really off has. both these things. It, it feels like this just came out the other day. Well, there are there are some '90s hallmarks. Uh, some, we we, yes. we talked before the the recording about the the soundtrack is is yeah. firmly a 1997 just, thing. Yeah, um, but it, it's great in its own way. Um, and the but, cast, holy fuck! Do you want to do you do you have the cast in front of you? Because I think it's important that we we talk about the cast because yeah. it's one of those that the first movie kind of has an iconic cast that mm-hmm. I think kind of laid the groundwork for the type of characters you have and the type of actors you hire for these teen slashers, these late nineties teen slashers. But I think the second one, like in retrospect, it's like, wow. Yes, it is insane. Um, I mean, obviously you have the, the main characters like, you know, Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox and uh, David Arquette. Um, but you also have Jada Pinkett Smith and Omar Epps. You have, for like um, 20 minutes or 10 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, but it's a great 10 minutes. Oh, it's fantastic. But it's just like, those are big names. Yeah. And then you have Leah Schreiber and then you have Joshua Jackson in a, like a random fucking cameo. <laughs> oh, Sarah yeah. Michelle Geller cameos, Heather yeah. Graham cameos, Timothy Oliphant is in it. Jamie Kennedy, obviously. Terry O'Connell. Friend um, of the show, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson is amazing. Yeah. The With the best clip. wig ever. Yes. Such a great... <laughs> little piece that he does there um but yeah there's so many people laurie metcalf laurie metcalf obviously just choose the scenery like no one else greatest uh yeah there were so many they got them all they got them all they they really did and it's one of those movies where because if if you've never seen the screen movies basically it's a slasher film where you don't know the identity of slasher that's kind of the gimmick and each one of these it's like well who is it who is it so mm-hmm. they they really fill out this ensemble with a bunch of names who are all at that time probably equally famous or roughly the same amount of fame so that it, it, there isn't like a clear like oh well it's that guy you i should re- uh, mention rebecca gayhart and portia de rossi are both oh yeah well. oh great True. great little sorority. portia de rossi man like playing I, I forgot she was even in this movie and I'm Me watching too. and I'm like, wow, she was so young. Like all yeah. these people are young, but yeah, 
that one stood out to me for some reason. Yeah. And I'm sure they were all 30 by then, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that was the 90s <laughs> thing, right? Like all these people were like 45 uh, playing 21. So mm-hmm. they were the dear Evan Hansons of their time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Evan Platt. Um, so, yeah, I, I hadn't seen this movie in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And I was I, I forgot who the killer uh, was in this. And I, I felt like I was watching it for the first time again. It was fantastic. Um, yeah. Wes Craven, who's a freaking genius, was a freaking genius, RIP. And um, if for some reason, this just feels like kind of him taking all that he learned in the Nightmare movies and all of his, his decades at that point of, of filmmaking and, and commenting on all of it, which I yep. thought was really great. Um, I will say couple couple things that uh i didn't really jive with as you said um it's a bit long it's over two hours Mm -hmm. that's a lot for a slasher movie um dawn of the dead is over two hours dawn of the dead though is like uh it's a different you know sure it's a a zombie movie it's a little different this is a slasher movie (laughs) and slasher movies are like comedies get in get out 90 minutes wham bam kill a bunch of people we're happy uh two hours it felt a little long especially the second act of this movie feels like really long because um, they're giving you all the red herrings and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and that's my second issue is there are a lot of red herrings um, and, and it's very Scooby-Doo in that way, which I, I kind of found fun, <laughs> yeah. but also a little annoying. Well, that's the kind of the secret of the screen movies is they're not horror movies. They're detective movies and right. they're kind of, you know, dressed up entry level horror movies for for teenagers. Yeah. And so my, my last critique of this movie um, was that the kills are kind of boring, sadly. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I guess, yeah. Compared to maybe some of the iconic moments from the first one that, I mean, there was still that, that big one in the, the, the opening movie theater scene is, yeah. has two great kills in it. Yeah. But, um, but then like, it, it's just like the killer uses a, a you know, a, a big knife which yeah. is whatever, but you know, there are only I so mean, many things you can do with a knife. Yeah. And that's very much what happened in the first movie too. Yeah. And there's no like supernatural element to it. So there's no like, you know, like throwing mm-hmm. a guy across the room sort of thing. No, um, that doesn't happen. It's very realistic in that way. So yeah. It's just, for. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. I just think, you know, could have been a little bit more adventurous with, with the kills. Yeah, I mean, there was no garage door cutting in half no. scene from no. the first one. Yeah, I will give you that. Um, but yeah, I got to say the first, the the cold open of this movie is fantastic. Still holds yeah. up. Um, the only thing about that, which is is funny to me in hindsight, especially watching this in a COVID world, is the movie theater scene. Yes. is yeah. it, it, It's so rowdy. And yeah. I get that it's like kind of over the top rowdy and that's kind of fun. But being that I've seen what, how many times have I been to the theater in 2021? Like on one hand, I can count the times. <laughs> and, and to see just how much fun it was, like people dressed up and carried fake knives to a movie theater, wore masks. You can't do that in 2021. So <laughs> that was kind of fun to well, watch. Well, that and there was no way that ever happened in a, in a movie theater. Uh, it felt like a Rocky horror screening or something. It it did. (laughs) But it was, it it was fun though. Like I wanted to be in that theater for sure. Yeah. And not Um, get stabbed. No, I don't want to get stabbed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then I'll say uh, my, my last thing that shocked me was how 
clever the reveal was at the end. We're not, I'm, I hate spoiling movies and I get that this movie's like, what, God, almost what, 30 ish, 25 years old now? God, yeah. we're old. Um, and I get that it's not really a spoiler for a 25 year old movie, but I'm not going to tell you who the killer is. Um, but I will say the reveal, I think, is super clever and super fun and uh, kind of plays with the era in a way that I thought was really cool. So, mm-hmm. and nods back to other franchises and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like the whole, there's a news angle to it. Um, When you look at what was happening in the mid nineties, it's clear that this movie was influenced by current events in a way that was super fun. Um, Yeah, yeah. for sure. I will. I got to bring up one thing. Oh boy. Uh, The ending. Um, The movie ends with, this is a kind of a spoiler, but not really. It's a slasher movie. Your final girl is final. Um, she survives and she walks off into the sunset and <laughs> it's supposed to be kind of this like, you know, triumphant ending. And it ends with a collective soul song. That's really yes. terrible. <laughs> and it's kind of like almost yes. fun and like, woohoo, we won. But then you realize that so many people in this girl's life died within a 48 hour period that she is gotta be devastated. <laughs> but we're supposed to be like, yay, Sydney. And I, it, it made me laugh. And that's where, you know, the 90s blanket comes over me. And I'm just like, oh, fucking collective soul is on. Yes. <laughs> but when you think about just what you witnessed and what this means for this young woman's life, I just couldn't. Maybe I'm just getting old. I was like, poor girl. Don't definitely apply not, that to scream. Yeah, definitely not <laughs> a collective soul moment. That's all I'm saying. Like, I didn't. Yeah, I well, mean, it could have been them, worse. All of them but... end like that, where it's just kind of like happy music and, and happy ending. Yeah, <laughs> as if there were no stakes mm-hmm. throughout this whole thing, as if it was all just a gag, but whatever. <laughs> Any other thoughts, you guys, on Scream? I talked a lot about it, because I, I guess I was thoroughly, thoroughly into this movie. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it so much. Brian, I, I won't take too much time. No, I, when I, I mean, I just, it's just one of those movies that, really forces me to flashback. Um, I, I remember what it felt like to see Tim Oliphant for the first time. Um, <laughs> I, I think that was our introduction to Tim Oliphant. I think a lot of us, that was the first time we saw him in a movie. He still um, looks 45. Yeah. Yes, he does. I don't know how <laughs> old same. he was in 1996 or seven when they filmed this, but boy, oh boy, he had that receding hairline, I guess, since birth. Yeah, yes. pretty much. Yeah. But um, he's a good looking man. He is. He no, is a very handsome man. man. Yeah. Um, and I do remember uh, going, I mentioned I was in theater in high school and I remember going to a cast party and someone wrecked the ending for me. So, um, <laughs> which, and I, I remember- Did you have your own scream moment and pull out a knife and just murder them? I, I remember I was in such, such doubt um, that I think I ended up just not seeing the movie for a long time because I wanted to kind of erase- like that the movie even existed so that I could like rediscover it at some point. Um, and then I saw it and, and remembered immediately. Oh, 2021. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yes. you've rediscovered it. Yes, it is. It is great. It is. It's, I think more than anything else, it's just, it's super fun and just super rewatchable. Um, yeah. I, I, it's, it's one of the rare sequels that is, is better. One of the rare horror sequels that is much better than the first one. And the first one is still, still awesome i don't know that it's better than the first one but it's I think definitely it it's a very it's close 
I think they're they're basically the same movie or like okay. one well, big part I'll concede to that. I'll concede well, yeah. No, no, no. But like one big movie is what I meant. This is like, you know, it almost like after you watch the first one, you almost have to watch the second one now. That's true. It's because That's a good point. It, it's like it continues the story in such a fun way. And it feels kind of like the end of this feels like I know that they had at least two more movies in a TV show, but they could have just ended the franchise here and I would have hey. gotten a complete story. There's another one coming in January, my friend. I know. I'm excited. By Radio Silence. Some of my really, favorite filmmakers. Yes, yes, yes. Really fast, uh, Michael and Charles, did you guys like Scream 3? Did you like I mean, I thoughts do. on that? I like Scream 3. I okay. honestly, Not as good as 1 and 2, but it's, it's a solid, fun movie. I okay. honestly, I, I again, I hadn't seen Scream 2 since it probably originally came out or I saw it on VHS one time after. And Scream 3, I cannot remember a thing from it. And Parker I think Posey par- just rules. In that I, movie, well, Parker man. Posey always rules. But mm-hmm. I think part of it was um, when you think of that era after maybe it was after the first Scream, maybe it was the second one where they started doing the scary movies, um, the scary movie franchise. I mean, not yeah horror movies and they started to have like the i know what you did last summer and urban, urban legends Legend. hell yeah all those and i just kind of like was like okay i'm done i checked out um so i can honestly say i don't remember scream three or four i'm not even sure i even saw scream four to be honest with you um it's the worst of all of them yeah yeah but i i am nostalgic for this one and the first one just because i think that they're just so well made Amen. and very well written yeah yes Okay, so enough of Scream 2. Uh, definitely go out and watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now I'm going to go to Brian. And the reason I'm saving you for last is I think this is an interesting choice. I think it's a fan favorite film, um, but also it's one that I think pushes the definition of what horror is. Um, so, Brian, why don't you uh, tell us what you chose and why? Uh, yes, I chose uh, Captain Supermarket, which is the alternate title <laughs> at one point for Army of Darkness. Uh, is that a true Statement? That is true. I saw it on IMDb once. Oh, well, that's um, okay. Captain Supermarket. Dubious. Um, but yeah, also known as Evil Dead 3. Um, and this one, it was, <laughs> as you guys know, it was a choice between this one or the Mr. Boogity sequel. And, <laughs> Which um, I jokingly brought up. Yeah, I know. I was and, like, oh, Brian's going to pick the Mr. Boogity sequel. Um, I'm bringing it all back to our first episode. I um, knew that. Yes, I, I knew that I would <laughs> I would eventually choose Army. But yeah. um, but Army, there's there's a lot there's a lot more to it than just just the film. There is kind of like with Scream, there's uh, another nostalgic attachment to it. I, I can just remember watching this one uh, endless, endless times back in high school. I've, I've had friends who have staged uh, staged versions of segments of the film. Uh, in high school i don't know how they got away with it but um, we are learning so much about your high school yeah that was his high school i know you guys were nerds we all got we were horrible nerds i've seen pictures yes that's i can confirm (laughs) just ruining scream acting out (laughs) army of darkness Jeez. I had a. I also had a shirt that said "Free Truman" on it that I wore all the time from the Truman Show. <laughs> I wore that shirt a lot, and I still I don't know what's now. shocking is that somebody actually wore that shirt, or that shirt actually exists. Well, yeah, you could uh, probably find it now. I think I got it for Saint Nick's. I don't know, but I do still have it. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how I got it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Army of Darkness. It's you know, and I know that there's been some some talk offline about this, but when I look at those three films um, it's amazing how 
we go from like I remember seeing you said this, Charles, that the original Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, essentially Evil Dead Two feels like a remake of the first one, but we're starting to ramp more into the ridiculousness and the comedy. Army of Darkness just takes the gloves off in every conceivable way. Um, yeah. You know, and like you said, you are absolutely right that it pushes the the boundaries and of what you know horror and things like that but it is just it's really a bananas sort of movie it looks i mean it looks dated uh even when it came out some of the the effects (laughs) the stop motion oh my god and the green screen it just the plastic skeleton hands and all that stuff yes but i every time i see that movie i'm so entertained i i always laugh i know that there are jokes in that movie that are just you know, not great, but I still can't help but chuckle. And it, it's, you, you also mentioned this too, Charles, that this is the version of, you know, the, the main character, Ash, that most people associate the, you know, associate with. And um, yeah, it, it's so hard to explain to go from these movies, the first two movies, essentially these haunted house films and this cabin in the woods to a, medieval comedic fantasy right That's <laughs> like indiana I, jones meets like knights of the round table oh yeah it's monty python yes uh, yeah it's, it does it ventures into monty python especially um, the early segments for sure yeah i i don't know i i just find it to be i i can i can tune into that movie at any any moment and and just have a great time i know that there's you know some things we'll we'll touch on here in a moment like the ending in particular, but yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, again, I flash back to high school with this film. I, I just, it's just endlessly rewatchable. And personally, I find, I find it to be one of Sam Raimi's better films. I, I don't revisit dark man. I barely revisit the Spider-Man trilogy, but army of darkness, I will go out of my way to watch. Okay. All right, Mike, you- <laughs> Let's let's go. How about you give yeah. us your history of let's, let's uh, let Mike talk Evil Dead for a bit, and then because that I think paints the picture of of your thoughts here. Talk about high school. Yeah. <laughs> Hell no, um, I actually hadn't seen Evil Dead in high school. Um, I was introduced to Evil Dead. I think it was in college. A bunch of guys were just like going around and be like, "We're gonna watch Evil Dead in the lobby." (laughs) I was, of course, the film nerd. Was like, "Ooh, what's that?" And so they watched Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two. And uh, I, I think I, I mean, I was in and out for, for that. So I had to go back and rewatch all of it this week, just because I was like, I want to see every second of this so I can judge it, you know, purely and, and um, give it the, the fair shake that it deserves. And it really like army of darkness itself. I feel like is. <sighs> Maybe the second best in the trilogy for me, but the trilogy itself, I I just don't like. What's I don't, the first, What's the best? Uh, Evil Dead Two. Okay. 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 I think a um, lot of people would agree. I wouldn't, but I think a lot of people would agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Evil Dead. The first one feels like a student film where he didn't know what he had yes, until right. he watched it with an audience. Um, and then he realized what worked, and Bruce Campbell like really gets to come out of his you know, shell in the second one. And this one, obviously army of darkness is, is the one where, you know, it's all possible because of what Bruce Campbell does in this. And it's just so over the top. 
um, and, and ridiculous at points. And I think he, he genuinely carries the whole trilogy on his shoulders. Like there oh, for is, sure. yeah, there's no fucking movie without him. And yes, Sam Raimi does some interesting things with camera work and, you know, invents some interesting ways of, of doing things that influence, you know, films down the line. But as, as character goes, as plot goes, these films are so empty. Like <laughs> nothing is going on here as far as character development and plotter are concerned. I will concede um, they're very stupid. These well, are so, stupid movies. You know, you know that Mike's right. When the beginning of Army of Darkness uh, completely recaps the first two Evil Dead movies in about 30 seconds. Yeah. And they, yes. they reshoot it every time. The first Evil Dead 2 <laughs> yeah, does do. the same thing. And he reshoots it and changes some of the things that happen slightly. And you're like, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's just so confusing yeah. when you watch them back to back. I'm weird with the Evil Dead uh, trilogy. I love the first one. Love, love, love the first one. That was my first introduction to Evil Dead. Um, and it's it's my favorite. I, I think I told you guys this uh, offline, but I tend to be more, I, when you look at horror comedies, I like the horror more than the comedy. So yeah. I like the first Evil Dead quite a bit. The second one, I'm like, okay, it's fun, whatever. And then Army of Darkness is probably my least favorite because I... It, they go full, like you said, Monty Python, full kind of like fantasy, you know, sword and sorcery stuff. And I'm just like, this isn't a horror movie at all. Yeah, it really. Is. So if I look at it as a horror movie, it's not very good. If I look at it for what it is, uh, it's a lot of fun. And it's all because of Bruce Campbell, for yes. sure. Beginning, middle and end, it's Bruce Campbell. Um, I think the best part about Army of Darkness is that Sam Raimi took Evil Dead, which is a very low budget movie that's pretty effective for what it is. He, like you said, he found out what works and he's like, well, I'd love to redo that. And so he does that with <laughs> Evil Dead too. And he's like, well, this is the one I really wanted to make. Right. But instead of doing it a third time, which I think would have been hilarious in and of itself, <laughs> if you just keep making the same movie again and just makes it funnier. No, let's or try weirder. This again. <laughs> but instead, no, what he does is he's like, you know what? I really want to make a fantasy movie. Yeah. And, and I'm going to take these characters that were in my hardcore horror movie and I'm going to just make him time travel because Necronomicon and, <laughs> and it, it's so ludicrous, but it works. Right. Um, I, I think like I, like I told you guys, I think this is definitely when people think of evil dead and think of Ash from evil dead and Bruce Campbell from evil dead. They really think of army of darkness um, because this is the one liners. This is his, you know, this is Bruce Campbell's show with mm -hmm. his like, Before you know, his actual show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but this is his like, you know, this is his showcase. And if you love Bruce Campbell, this has got to be kind of the epitome of all Bruce Campbell. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fun there. But for me, like I said, it's probably just a bridge too far uh, yeah. as far as venturing out of the horror element. So, you know, I wouldn't say it's my favorite of the trilogy by far. Okay. Um okay. Here's what I think is interesting about it. As I, I, I actually rewatched this movie today um, because I realized it had been probably got five, six years since I've seen it. And so I rewatched it and I realized that this is probably the only sequel in existence that you can't recommend to people who love the original movie. 
Yeah. How weird is that? Where you're like, yeah. oh, you like Evil, Evil Dead? You might not like Army of Darkness. No. You know, that's weird. Um, yeah. Because it, it, they're all the same story. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, the same characters. But yeah, it's just so weird. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the ending. Okay. So yeah. in endings. my endings, yes. In my uh, preparation for this, I realized that I didn't see all the endings. I saw the just the theatrical one, which is like, you know, the Hail to the King all that, you know, which people love. It's iconic now, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's a bit silly. Freaking Deadites doing, what, gymnastics and ninja stuff? It's, it's bonkers. It fits the movie. It just doesn't work for me. But I found that there was a whole filmed original ending that exists where Ash uh, sleeps too long, which I think is awesome, and wakes up in, like, Mad Max. And I think it's great. And I really wish that would have been the ending. Um, so what do you guys think of that? Um, I remember I'd seen the ending, uh, a while back and I definitely felt I, I could appreciate it just for fitting in with the ending of evil dead Two, Cause evil dead Two, even though he, he winds up in the, the medieval era at the end of that, it's also feeling kind of bleak and uncertain. Like what the, what, what's going on now? Um, and now this one, yeah, is more in line with that. Just a, a very dark, um, it, it actually kind of reminded me of drag me to hell a little bit the way <laughs> that one ends just so like horribly for the main characters. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't mind it. Yeah. Don't it reminds it. me a little bit of a twilight zone ending. It very, yeah. yes, very much. Very, very much, much. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, what do you, do you I, I, did you see the ending before I shared it with you? Not before you'd shared it. I literally saw it like 20 minutes before we recorded this and i went yeah i'm glad they went with the one they did but yeah i don't i didn't even really love the one they <laughs> but i will say i i would recommend if you guys haven't i'm sure you have the the ash versus the evil dead tv show oh yeah what it it does is it takes these characters that have been established in this trilogy and it gives them development in their character and it actually gives them plot and story so it makes you invest a little more. So out of all of the Evil Dead stuff, that's probably my favorite thing is Ash versus the Evil Dead. I think that comes with with time and and uh, skill. Like I think Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell sat with these characters for decades. And when they got the chance to do a TV show, they really just had enough experience and they knew what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lived with it so much. Um, this really, the first Evil Dead more than other horror franchises really feels like it's experimental um in good and bad ways every every movie is experimental in in some capacity and yeah i yeah i will say without the evil dead series one of my favorite horror movies cabin in the woods would not exist no so i'm thankful for it for that yeah a lot of cabin fever wouldn't exist Uh, it's a very influential movie um i think it i think we I recently saw an interview where Edgar Wright of all people said that he referenced a Sam Raimi interview in uh, being inspired to become a filmmaker. I Hmm. think Sam Raimi is a guy that because he just decided to break all the rules as a, as a young guy and it worked, I think he inspires a lot of people. Um, And I think the experimental nature of the evil dead trilogy is, is really great for that reason too. Yeah. And also the the Evil Dead remake that came out in 2013 
is is worth a look too because i, I love that movie it's yeah, it's that, really good but it's a straight up horror movie oh yeah so, it's so bloody yeah it's that's a decent different. movie mm-hmm. I, I remember uh, didn't the posters say like this will be the scariest movie you've ever seen or something the most for the terrifying remake? film you will ever ever experience yeah like that really like okay they, they've obviously they're confident in their abilities here and i was not let down that Fun is fact. That was, that was a good one Fun fact, first movie date my wife and I went on was oh, the oh, Evil oh. Dead remake. You oh. sick fucks. <laughs> uh, and we, 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 hey, happily ever after. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, Fede Alvarez directed the, the Evil Dead, Dead remake, and he uh, yes. has proven himself to be kind of a disciple of Raimi and uh, in, a, in a good way. Um, and a talented fellow himself. Yeah, yes. Don't Breathe is great. I think his only mm-hmm. misstep might be... Uh, girl in the spider's web that, yeah. what that wasn't great but yes uh but yeah so uh, we're, we're we're getting off topic a little bit but yeah i i really respect evil dead i enjoy army of darkness for what it is i think it's personally also one of those movies that's great in a crowd um this is so, a crowd movie that's 100 yeah. true it's just fun. I just, you know, the older I get, and I've said this before, but I just want a movie that I can just, just watch. Not to think about. I don't need. It doesn't need to be a Tenet. It doesn't need to be a. Uh, uh, what's one? Oh yeah, Tenet. Um, did you recently watch Tenet? Is that I did indeed. Of course I did. <laughs> oh boy. Um, and I actually I should backtrack because I do enjoy Tenet now. So. Ugh. <laughs> gross uh you have a thing for time travel movies i'm realizing brian oh yeah yep thank you what's 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 that all about yeah what is that all about it all goes back to back to the future and growing up with the original uh time machine from uh, Mm -hmm. 19 (laughs) again Uh, me being slow i really thought you were trying to tell me you had a time machine growing up He probably like, had a cardboard box that he called it. I, I did build no, no, no. I did build Bill and Ted's phone booth out of pipeworks once, and it was in my room. I remember standing in that when I found out my grandparents' dog died. Oh, I geez. Just, I was like, well, maybe I can use this booth to travel back and see Bowser one last time. And well, made a way to bring it down, dude. Yeah. yeah. Listeners don't realize that he was 25. <laughs> yeah, this was this was 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I I don't want to bring up uh, bad memories, but the dog's name was Bowser. Bowser, named Bowser after the... Mario, or what? Of course, uh, I don't know. I don't think Gramps. Uh, yeah, that's the that's Gramps had a no, but it was a golden retriever. Oh, great dog! R.I.P. Bowser. R.I.P. Bowser. <laughs> so yeah, you you've always been a time machine guy, huh? Yes, and actually, uh, a few years later the space where the phone booth was eventually we sold the pipeworks or gave them the goodwill or something was eventually occupied by a back to the future three standee that my dad found. I think someone was just throwing it away. And I was shocking. Like, That's perfect for my room. So everyone was it I a woke standee up, of, uh, it was a Marty, just the poster, just Marty and doc, okay. just, you know, but every morning I got to wake up to them and say, Hey guys, it's going to be awesome. a good day. <laughs> and then you went and then you put on your uh, Truman show shirt and went to high school. <laughs> Yes, that's right. <laughs> oh boy, I feel like we've learned a lot this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, good up. My, my... Also, I, I will say, you know, this is going back to Evil Dead Two, which we were not really even talking about. But still, the end of Evil Dead Two features this, like, you know, the the spinny suction thing. What what am I trying to think? A vortex. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, and 
and it sucks up all the stuff and cars and all that. And, and I'm looking at it going monster squad, like monster <laughs> squad ends the exact same way. Which one came out first? They both came out the same year and I don't know who did it first. Oh, I mean that I, Netflix needs a 12 part miniseries. We got to get to the bottom of this. Get to the bottom. <laughs> who stole it from who? Oh, uh, really quick, Mike, I want to ask, did you watch the monster squad documentary that came out of not course. long ago? How was yes. it? Any good? I mean, I like it's it's for fans. It's okay. genuinely for fans. So okay. if if you're not like a person who is really super into Monster Squad, it's probably not worth your time. Got it. Okay. Speaking of documentaries that are for super fans, I think we got a review from Brian coming up on the website. You guys should check out. Yes. He got to he got to talk about Ghostbusters. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a little preview of his <laughs> review, guys. Uh- <laughs> Uh, so any last thoughts brian on your choice army of darkness oh no no it's it, it i can recommend it i cannot recommend it like you said it's just so it's so unbelievably different from the first two films but um but yeah i i don't know i'll always i'll always fly my 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 army of darkness flag and uh, for those of you who are sitting there going why didn't anyone pick aliens we yes. talked about this it's an yes. action film not a horror movie Very i agree true. Yeah, very and, true. And I would, and and as far as horror goes, you have to give Alien the uh, the I guess the win as far as the Alien versus Aliens debate because that is an actual horror movie and Aliens is yes. a James Cameron movie. So <laughs> that sure. said, it's still a great movie. Oh, it's it fantastic! A great movie. The wow. I you know, we could we could talk hours about Aliens. I I mm-hmm. love that mm-hmm. whole franchise, um, but we're not going to. Speaking of though, any other sequels that you guys are thinking about talk you know bringing up that uh you guys didn't land on for whatever reason uh i mean i definitely love and i know you disagree with this halloween h2o just because it <laughs> oh, was yeah. the scream of halloween movies and it just has so much great 90s nostalgia built into it as well as well as joseph gordon levitt come on and josh just yeah josh hartnett as well um but yeah some great great stuff in that movie uh, I would recommend people go check out Halloween three. Speaking of <sighs> Halloween movies. Um, Come on. There no, you go. I'm serious. It's not Michael Myers, but it's a solid uh, sequel. It's so weird. And I don't, I, I'm not on board with this. Everyone loving Halloween three thing. Oh, the ending. The ending is a, Oh, what a wonderful ending. And Halloween two uh, is great for basically being the coked up john carpenter movie <laughs> very true it's just a, i have to get a draft in john carpenter movie. <laughs> yeah um so other uh um brian any other horror sequels that you were thinking of other than mr Bo- boogity 2 what was that called by the way <laughs> bride of boogity of bride course of it was of course it is it and it's twice as long as the first one um which again for those of you who didn't know only 45 minutes long it's on disney plus so you can knock it out while you're brushing your teeth um how long do you brush your teeth I, fun fact I, brian I, has no teeth he doesn't know what he's talking about yeah i have to take him out of my mouth and it's 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 a whole it's a whole thing but it's part um, of the snuff film experience which you, yeah i said i'm on top of my snuff film staff. He, he pulls his own teeth out for fun it's really weird <laughs> It's a party trick. It doesn't go over well. But um, would you guys say 28 weeks later is yeah, over? that's solid. Okay. I, I would mm-hmm. I would probably give it to that one. It's it I enjoy Army of Darkness more, but I, I really enjoy those those films. 
um 28 weeks later is is decent yeah yeah so with that let's uh let's wrap up our discussion of horror sequels if you uh as i mentioned before if you want to watch any of these films vhs 94 is coming to shutter october 6th and both scream 2 and army of darkness are available now on hbo max and if you want to watch dawn of the dead well I hope you have a physical copy or you enjoy breaking the law because <laughs> Romero's movie isn't on a streaming service and has been out of print, at least in the U S for quite some time. So uh, you better be willing to pay upwards of a hundred to $200 on eBay um, for a copy of Dawn of the Dead. Really? I yeah. feel like I streamed it on a streaming service like a couple months ago. I feel like you lied and you got it illegally and yeah. you well, shouldn't be admitting you to your it. crimes. You can't prove um, it in a court of law. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been out of print for quite some time. I think uh, Europe has a couple releases and you, if you got like a region free DVD player, Blu-ray player, you can get it. But yeah, it's, it's one of those that's just kind of been out of print, uh, which is a bummer. Sad. Yeah. Nice. And, and so for our listeners also stay tuned this month. Uh, I know we're at least going to have at one this more point. It's probably listener. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. Mom, thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> I hope you join us later this month because we're going to have at least one more horror focused episode uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, And that's going to kind of serve as our unofficial one year anniversary of the three of us relaunching the playlist podcast, which is weird. I know Uh, Halloween is kind of our time. So stick around to that. We're going to, We'll honestly try our best to make sure that that episode's full of actual quality discussions and not typical our typical ramblings. Nah, we'll talk about the craft again. There's <laughs> crap. Yeah, let's talk about the craft. Okay, pop quiz, Brian. What were the three movies we talked about a year ago? Uh, Freaky, The Craft, and the movie about the people in the airplane oh christ what was it uh, on the airplane yeah they, <laughs> oh this is a fun game i didn't realize we'd go down this path but <laughs> this is remember. fantastic uh I'll, I'll say this you got one of them right we didn't talk about freaky no that was, that was uh with fat man oh but we got the craft what what was it called the craft legacy legacy yes uh and the movie you're thinking of i believe is called spell 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 is correct and then kindred which i still to this day think was an underrated little you know still hate it art house horror movie (laughs) (laughs) i think the three of us can also agree a year on the craft legacy is completely forgettable and stupid and deserves to die i i think you're right Okay, Uh, with all that out of the way, uh, go watch some damn horror movies, people, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.